Because I remember the infamous story and I'll let you tell it. I think I had the peak was 424K. And so I had to restart from zero. I had a pretty good reach because I, I reached Bogba. He liked and commented on one of my posts. Dybala too? No. I, no, not Dybala, but I think it was Bogba, like Chicharito, Slatan, maybe Balotelli, some of the Beckham kids. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Eric Garcia, and I'm here today with a special guest, one of my good friends, one of my oldest friends, actually, um, and we can call you a uh, business partner or a you know, fellow founder, whatever you want to call it, but we're here with Abraham Perez, also known as AP. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. It's good to be here. Um, I've actually listened to a few of your podcasts. And they were really good. I learned a lot. So now it's nice to be on the other side. And instead of being a listener, being a guest now. So I'm excited. Dude, yeah, I'm excited to have you on, bro. I know we we had Danny on last time and uh, you were here watching as well. You've had the opportunity to watch a live show. And so now I'm glad to have you here as well because you have a lot to say. I think I, I respect you and I admire what you do because you... You've been through a lot and you've done a lot. And so a lot of people don't know that either. Uh, so I think I was thinking last night, like, damn, what am I going to talk about? But every time I talk with you, it's like always such a good conversation. So yeah. I'm like, I don't really need to prepare for this because it just just flows like that. Um, but, yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, I'll, I'll explain AP's background real quick, um, how I see it. And then I'll let you kind of go and dive into it and get get, uh, you know, get them where you want to get them. But uh, AP is. Uh, Founder and creator of the Humble Community and AP7 Edits HD, uh, if you guys didn't know that. And he'll dive into that, and I'll definitely ask more questions. Student at Babson College out in Boston um, on the East Coast. And so you're about, to, you're about to head out, what, like a couple hours, a few hours? Yeah, Danny said be ready at 6, so oh, about to finish this podcast and then head out, honestly. Yeah, maybe yep. stop by some primos. Shoot, yeah, you should put me on that credit card, so I might have to splurge for the boys, you know, one last time. Um, but yeah, now let them know, like, let them know what you're about. How, who is AP, and uh, you know, what brought you out here today? But, um, well, to start off, I would say, yeah, my name is Abraham Perez, AP. Uh, I was born in Berkeley, California. Shout out Berkeley, it's the hometown, or that's the birth town. But I was raised most most of my life in San Rafael, California, so Marin County. Shout out Marin County. And yeah, uh, basically, ever since elementary school, which is actually where I met Marco, who's behind the cameras right now. Shout out Marquinho. Case Films, yep. Yeah, Case Films, yep. So yeah, that's where I went to San Pedro Elementary School. Then from there, I went to Davidson, from Davidson, Marin Academy, and now Babson. And yeah, my whole life, I feel like I've just, I've had, I've been, a, I've always been a hard worker and a person that works hard, you know, because I feel like. It has to do with, like, the way you were raised, you know? So if you guys don't know, I'm, I, I was raised by my mom, so single mother, and with my I live with my sister. Shout out Abby. She's listening to this. Yeah, so... Um, sister G. Yeah, so, yeah, ever since I was a kid, you know, like, I would see my mom work, like, multiple jobs, like, two or three times, two or three jobs, just to provide food, shelter, all that stuff. Um, and, yeah, like, she didn't know how to drive before. So she only recently learned how to drive, so she would bus it or walk, all that shit, whatever it took, you know, just to get to work. And, like, so just seeing that at a young age and, like, she wouldn't be home sometimes, you know, so I would have to take care of my sister. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I feel like I just had to do a lot from such an early age that it allowed me to explore different interests uh, and kind of just, I would say, like mature and 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 really get to like grow up in a complete, completely different way than other people, especially here in Marin, who yeah. very privileged for sure. So, yeah, I feel like that that for sure. My background, how I was grown, how I was raised, uh, impacted and played a role in, in the person I am today, and how, um, I, yeah, I just always put in the work, even if I didn't necessarily feel like doing it, you know. So, like for example, school. I've always like been like I was always told like you got to go to school, you got to get good grades. Yeah. Um yeah, so my mom emphasized all the time. She's like you don't want to be end up like me or you don't want to end up like me being having to work like two, three jobs, like mm, do all this stuff that you don't really want to do. Like obviously there's no other choice because or else like if she didn't do that, like we wouldn't have food, we wouldn't have clothes, we wouldn't have all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I I I just always knew I had to grind and be able to make it out of of the low income housing basically so that's wild bro no i uh i i could relate to that too like single mother gang you know shout yeah. out all the single mothers out there y'all yeah, y'all do your thing um and that that's a tough thing because statistically um jordan peterson said that men or boys that are raised by single women are the most likely in life to not achieve their uh vision of success and that's like so you're statistically against the odds you know exactly. so which is it's crazy because that for me that motivates me and, I, and i'm sure it motivates you too which is what you just said so i love that man and what um you know stood out to me about what you, what you said in that story is that you went from davidson to marin academy for those those of you guys that don't know marin academy is like one of the best private schools here in marin county and actually probably in california right um for sure and so talk to me a little bit about how that how that happened because i mean I met you in high school. I think it was like freshman year, sophomore year. This little like I thought you were Asian, bro. I'm not gonna lie. This little like little Latino kid with freaking dyed hair wearing a Cristiano Ronaldo jersey. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then <laughs> you're probably like five two at the time, five three maybe. And then I just hear this dude like, "Yo, what's good? My name's AP." <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" And we just started balling up with Chris and all of them. Shout out, shout out, Chato. He'll be on here soon. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like. I don't know, you were just cool, and I'm like, and then they're like, yeah, he goes to MA, and I was like, you go to MA, bro? And then I remember we just started talking, and I knew you were different at that moment. I'm like, oh, something about AP is, like, different. You know, you're not, like, someone that just, like, plays soccer just to play soccer because then they showed me about uh, AP7 AP Edits HD because I know that was, like, the the, the, the Riz back then, you know, like, yeah. the thing back then. Um, but before we get to that, because I do want to get into that, I have a ton of questions because that kind of relates to what we're doing now. Um, and I always forget that you did that. But how did you get into MA and then what was that experience like? So, yeah, um, the way I got into Marin Academy was through NGS, which is Next Generation Scholars. Shout out NGS, by the way. Um, and they're like a they're a, a after school program for uh, low income students. It was it was like a college accessory, uh, like a college readiness program, right? And so, they recruited me because before I was in NGS, I was in a Canal Alliance. Yeah. So I think I think that's where I may have met Chato, or I already knew him through Davidson. But yeah, shout out Chato. He was also in Canal Alliance, and yeah. So I would always just like like I said before, I'm a hard worker, so I would always do my work, get fairly good grades, you know. And then shout out Melissa, one of the teachers at. Uh, 
uh, Canal Lines. So Melissa was the one that actually recommended me to NGS because I think she had some ties with NGS or something. So, yeah, I applied to NGS, like, when I was still a little jit, like, sixth grade, I think, (laughs) sixth grade. And so ever since the sixth grade, like, we would have summer summer programs. Like, it was a month, a little bit more than a month, like, six weeks. And so we would have to go to summer classes, like, basically, like, summer school. Yeah. Where we would learn, like, you know, it would it would kind of ready prepare us for the for the upcoming year. So if I was a sixth grade, it would prepare me for seventh grade. Mm-hmm. If I was in seventh grade, prepare me for eighth grade. If I was in eighth grade, prepare me to go to high school, whatever it may be. Yeah. And so yeah, we also but in addition to that, like we would also have like other classes, like a little bit more like creative classes, you know, mm-hmm. so that it would kind of start sparking the creativity in the young children. Right. And so yeah, through them, I was able to apply to Marin Academy because they're very well connected. And so they helped me apply. Um, they helped me set up interviews so I can be prepared. That's crazy. Yeah. So That's they, valuable. yeah, they really like shout out NGS for sure. They were very uh, helpful, and I was one of the few people who was fortunate enough to be able to to be able to be part of that program. And I would say, yeah, NGS for sure helped a lot in in being able to get into MA. But at the same time, it was also, like, my work ethic and what I put in on, on, down on the table. So it was a little bit of both. And that's how – because or else I don't think I would have ever known about Maroon Academy, you know? Yeah. Like, I was I just – like, I, I, I read – I'm from the Canal, if you guys know where that is. So it's the K, yeah. Basically, like, low-income housing here in Marin County. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't – like, when I was in middle school, like, I didn't really leave San Rafael that much because, like I said, my mom didn't drive. So, like, we would have to bus everywhere. Like, it was just very, like, it was very, very much a bubble for sure. And so through NGS, I was able to expand, like, my knowledge and knowing of the world and and not even just the world, but just San Rafael in general. And that's how I was able to apply to Marin Academy. And then I got in. And then from there, it's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question. Talk to me. I guess you could answer this after for the podcast. Do you think if if you didn't get into Marin Academy, you would be a Babson right now? Ooh, wow. He, for if you guys excellent hear, question he you said want, yeah. if you didn't apply to Marin Academy would you or if you didn't go to Marin Academy would you be at Babson right now? That was Marcos Case Films question. Um, I think I would still go because, well, just on, as an example, like Danny. Yeah, that's what I'm he wanted to like I think if I didn't go to Mar- if I didn't get into MA I would have gone to TO I think because like I had I had signed the you know I was like you want to go to SR yeah. I don't know if you guys but for us like for all the Davidson kids yeah. we got two options basically because those are like the public schools here in San Rafael for those of you who don't know and so like I remember I did the TO once someone's like yeah I go to TO blah 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 Damn, and like I didn't really like tell many people about marine academy because i was like really because i didn't know like i was like i don't know what's gonna happen so i'm not gonna be like oh yeah i'm gonna go you know Mm -hmm. i was a bit more timid back then so yeah yeah, and then i i remember just getting the acceptance letter i was like oh shit like this is actually gonna happen like i got the financial aid all that shout out ma for that how much does ma's sticker price like what's ma's sticker price now i'm not sure back in the day it was like 40 something k a year bro holy shit like that's, that's that crazy. was 
that was just for in high school, bro. Those are like that's that's pretty much like college level like pricing that's right just, there. Yeah, college level tuition right there. Yeah, that that was insane. But yeah, they wow. plugged it with the financial aid, so because of that, I was able to go and do. It was just completely different going from Davidson to Merton Academy, bro. It was just yeah. very eye opening for sure. Um, I think. I think to, to touch on what you said about, you know, NGS and that experience and getting to MA, like, it seems like they almost just gave you the blueprint of, like, the principles and the basic foundation of, like, how to be successful in school. And it was more about you actually using those things to your advantage and applying them to life. And, and actually, like, you know, they tell you in order to go to the school, you have to st- or in order to be successful, you have to study these many hours and be have a have a schedule and be timely and organized. And it's like, yeah, that's obvious to, like, us now because we're old and shit. But before, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I didn't know that. Like, you don't just kn- you don't know to do things at a certain time because, like, my brother, he's 13. He's still a little jit. And he just does whatever he wants, you know. Um, and I'm trying to teach him these habits. But I think for them to teach you and show you these things is, is one thing. But for you to actually apply them is another thing. And to lead off of that, because you said, you know, MA was a whole other story. You know, I know we could spend probably hours talking about that. But I'll, maybe we'll just sum it up in one question. Um how, I guess, what was the most eye-opening, um, what was the mo- most eye-opening lesson you learned at a private school that cost $40,000 a year, which is MA? These people got mad money, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, talk about it, because it's, it's like, I always, I always see money as, like, me, I, I, I don't care, I'll talk about money, it's like a very open thing to talk about for me. I know some people, especially in, like, Latino culture, it's very, like, oh, like, you don't talk about money sex and religion or some shit or like politics or whatever right mm. um i'll talk about it all it's the podcast it's a real talk it's a soul talk right here um you know like what was that like then dude yeah um well it's crazy because like i think i was it was i was a freshman you know i was going to my first ever like high school party oh shit. dude i walk in it was it was in the city i walk in bro that house was like a four floors in the city like that an elevator oh. all these stuff people everywhere bro like just turning up i was like mind you like i don't think i i had ever drank before <laughs> and i was just like a little freshman me like you said fucking like i was just like holy shit bro like this this is a different game and i'm not gonna lie at first it was like it was a bit strange because like you know i was just a brown boy you know from the bay uh I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but very, very few people of color for sure at that school yeah. and predominantly white for sure. And so, yeah, man, I was just like, every time I was walking through or whatever, I was like, damn, I wonder if they're like looking at me differently. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. damn, what's this like brown kid doing here type shit. But to be honest, like a majority of them, they were like fairly chill. You know, there was a few people who were like kind of stuck up or like a little like, uh, they felt like they were a little above everyone else, but yeah. for the majority, I feel like everyone was like pretty chill. Like, I feel like here in Marin, like it's it tends to be more of a liberal area, you know. Definitely. So they were the kids that were raised. You can tell they were for sure privileged, but most of them like were pretty down to earth and pretty chill, and they didn't really care like about the money, right? But at the same time, like it was not like they didn't have it, you know. They weren't going to show it off and all this stuff, but they didn't, like, they didn't, like, like flex it that much, you know? Yeah, it's almost like uh, everybody, like, all these people that go to this school, obviously they have money unless you're someone like you, you know, who's a 
outlier and anomaly in this situation because like for them they have it they all have money so like there's no point of like flexing it like it's like you know two uh let's say like fucking power lifters they're both benches 225 or i don't know whatever like 405 415 there's like oh okay we both bench 415 like i'm not gonna flex on you say like oh i could bench more like i can bench as much as you like there's no logical sense to that um and, and it's interesting because at that point you know you're just like them at that point, except you don't have money, but you're still in the same situation as them, which is, is crazy to see. And, and I, I'm glad you, you can notice that, too, and, and also not really uh, fall victim, like a victim mindset type of thing where it's like, oh, my God. Like, I know imposter syndrome, that's like something that we talked about a little bit, um, but it's obviously something you have to kind of understand and get over. And, and it's just more about dealing with yourself at that point. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like. It also didn't help that I think most of the kids that went there, like, they were all from the same middle school. So they, like, somehow, like, all knew each other, you know? Because it was a pretty small school. I think it was, like, 400 kids total. So, like, 100 kids per grade. So, like, they all somehow knew each other. And then I was, like, kind of, like, I didn't really know that many people, you know? I think I knew, two like, two people going in who were I only knew because they were also in NGS, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, luckily, like... Like, they all played FC, or, like, a good amount of them played FC, Mm -hmm. and I knew people who played FC, so I kind of, that's how I kind of started, like, getting to know people through through soccer, honestly. Yeah, well, speaking of soccer, then, how was your experience then, you know, playing as a kid, obviously, um, but then creating AP7 Edits HD, and why don't, maybe for them, actually, you know, scratch that question, why don't you explain what is AP7 Edits HD or what was it? Yeah, I don't know. Is it still alive? Yeah. Well, I'm 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 pretty much retired now. Retired, but uh, yeah, sadly, but no, yeah, AP7 Edits, um, dude, it actually started in in middle school, and I think we I talked a little bit about it during the the intro videos, which I don't know, they probably aren't out yet. I don't know if they'll be out yet. The HK one. Yeah, but when we went to Davidson, like. Uh-oh. I remember I, I so I took steel pans right, and steel pans was like it's like an instrument from for from the Caribbean. Mm. Not many people like know how to play steel pans, let alone teach it. Yeah. So when when our steel pans teacher was out, we would have subs, and they didn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> so we kind of just had like free time for a whole block or whatever, mm. period, whatever it was. And yeah, I just I was with my friend Mario, and he he was doing like Vine videos back then. And so he kind of taught me how to make edits on the phone during that free period. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I made my first ever edit, posted it on Vine, got, like, five views. Jeez. Shite quality. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a figure this out. I'm going to learn more. Because that was when Vine was kind of popping. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, six-second videos. Shout out Vine if anyone still remembers Vines. Those Vine were was iconic. Like blueprint for TikTok, basically. Like, what would you do? Like, stream record, like, games or, like, like YouTube videos and then post them on Vine and then, like, quick clips, like, yeah, you know, Ronaldo highlights or Messi highlights, Neymar highlights. Yeah, because Vines were, like, six seconds. So, I guess I would just take, like, YouTube videos, shorten them up, add my own music and get, like, the best highlights and then just post those. And at first, I didn't really see much growth. But then um, my friend Mario, who I was talking about earlier, he also had an account with a few more followers. So he would, like, revine back when that was a thing. Kind of, like, reposting on TikTok or whatever. So, yeah, he would revine them and then like them. And it slowly started getting more growth, right? And then after that, I started moving from making videos on my phone to actually using a a laptop. Yeah. And at this point... um, 
I was using Final Cut Pro and so the videos were a little nicer. I figured out where to find like the videos, the full matches, all that stuff. So that I wasn't like the YouTube ones because the YouTube ones are cropped already and people have their own watermarks and stuff. So it makes it a little harder to make it unique. And so, yeah, I, I, I started making the videos on Final Cut Pro. That's impressive. How old were you then? 12, 13? Something like that. Yeah, I was still in, I was still in middle school slash like going into high school. So like freshman year of high school. Yeah, and so after that, like Vine was starting to die, so a lot of people were starting to move to Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I was one of the few, like I guess, pioneers that moved to Instagram and started posting my videos there, which were like at that time they were like 15 seconds max. And so yeah, I started making them longer, nicer quality, and and I just every day like posting consistently two to three times a day i was just grinding wow. i was even making videos for like other bigger accounts really? in exchange for like likes and like f- like for them to share my oh, my videos you know yeah, yeah that's crazy. so that's how i would start you know you gotta it's always you gotta work your way up so that's kind of how i started i was like i'm just gonna grind like i'll make some videos for my account and i'll tweak them a bit and give them give them some that to them and then, dude, out of nowhere, bro, 10K, 50K, 100K, Yo. rapidly, what was, the, what, was the, what was that? Because I remember the infamous story, and I'll let you tell it, when you reached your peak, and then the downfall came after that, right? Because yeah. I, remember, I remember you told me, he's like, I got how many? I think I had the peak it was 424K on IG, and... Yeah, I think I was in. I was actually on vacation. I was in Tahoe, bro. I was living it up. Yeah, oh I was God. with Cam. Shout out Cam Jam. Uh, I was yeah. I was with Cam in Tahoe, and dude, I just get like an email saying like your account has been disabled or something. I'm like, what? Oh no way. I'm like, no way. I look. I try to sign in, or I look. I go to the Instagram. I'm signed out. I'm like, oh shit, this is not good. I try to sign in. Nope, your account has been disabled. Like copyright issues stuff like that and mind you i was like sophomore in high school i think so i still didn't know exactly what copyright and all these other things were yeah like i knew that like essentially like basically you couldn't take like the whole games and upload them obviously because there are the the games are the games have rights that are exclusively owned to the respective leagues but what I was doing was just taking the full games and making small, like, 15 to a minute videos. Right. And literally everyone else was doing it, too. So it wasn't just me. Yeah. And then I guess my account was just one of the unlucky ones that got taken down. But I have a theory because I would always, like, theory. my theory was that, like I said before, I'm always about quality mm-hmm. over quantity. So I always try to make the nicest edits possible, full HD, all that. And I guess they didn't want to see me winning, bro, because literally they took my account down when there was other accounts who were literally reposting and like cropping my my no. my like watermarks, yeah, or like just cropping the videos, oh, God. like lesser quality basically, and like they were still up and running, so I was mad. I I tried to do everything I could to get my account back, and yeah, they didn't work, and so I had to restart from zero. Managed to get like a hundred k again, 
and then they took that one down too i was like bro (laughs) at that point i was like fuck what do i do do i want to keep doing this or not and i think the second time i had a backup one yeah because i was like all right just in case it happens again i'm gonna be prepared so i had a backup one with like 25k and so to this day that's the one i have now but i don't really post anymore so oh shit you you retired why'd you stop just just because well i kind of i was editing throughout like all of high school yeah and so like when i got to college i just didn't have time yeah because i remember you you posted like uh, was it recent like two years maybe probably a few years ago yeah. yeah i tried but i don't know it was just my my uh my passion for it just is not there no more yeah, that's good. You got to learn to, like, kind of yeah. get through one thing. And, I mean, you had success, bro, which was crazy. Yeah. Like, half a mil, basically. Yeah. And I made mil. a good amount of money, not going to lie. How how would they pay you, like, for that? Um, I think it was, back then, it was PayPal. No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that is that is what I asked, but that's not what I meant. Sorry. I mean, uh, like, what would you do to earn money? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, basically, I would, like, have, like, my rates for, like, shout outs. So I'd be oh. like, I'd be like, oh, like a one hour shot. I was like 20 bucks. And then like, if you want like three hours, like 40, if you want a whole day, it'd be like wow. 50. Because you had that audience. That yeah. Could follow along. Exactly. You so could have charged more. I know. I definitely could have. like a hundred for the whole day. Yeah. Dude, yeah. So. It's like a whole shift basically. And nowadays exactly. it's probably like tons for more. For sure. I'd be seeing like athletes, like actually, girl athletes. for the time. Yeah. That's, that was good, actually. Yeah, well, I don't remember specific kinda, numbers, but it was something around the lines of there. Well, yeah. It to, like, the yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inflation, man. But, yeah, I mean, I had a pretty good reach because I, I reached Bogba. He liked and commented on one of my posts. Dybala, too? No. I, no, not Dybala, but I think it was Bogba, like Chicharito. That's wild. Zlatan, bro. maybe. Balotelli. Some of the Beckham kids. That's wild, bro. I think... So, it's good to see that in retrospect because I feel like yeah. now what we're doing now with social media, that's more common. Um, yeah. Not to get comments from people, but to like actually do what you did. That's what I'm trying to do with the podcast and stuff. It's just um, different ways of doing it. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to see how like some people can do it like as a very at a very young and early age and have a lot of success. And then now you're like, okay, let me do something else. And then other people like me will like always wanted to. I never did it. Mm-hmm. And then probably not until after i met you because i remember we did the latino four right yeah. and <laughs> you know how that shit went but yeah. um you guys want to say wanted to mention you remind me a lot about myself because when i was when you were doing vine yeah. guess what i was doing vine dude guess what i did you know uh liam v and king botch and all them yeah i made a vine wars account for them and i posted hella videos of them and i sh- they would always comment on my shit Oh, they would say, shit. keep up the good work, shit like that. Yeah. I sold that account, actually. I made one on Instagram, too. Because Vine went to shit. Yeah. And then yeah. I made it, like, exactly what you happened with yeah. you. Because Vine went to shit. I went on Instagram, and I had their all, they all followed me. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Damn. Dude, I think someone offered me, like, three or four racks no. for my account. But I think at that point, I had, like, two, 300K. Take shoot of the game. And, but I was estimated to have a million by the end of senior year oh, in high school. shit, bro. In high school. Because I was getting, like, a thousand-something followers a day, bro, at one point, like, in my prime. Jeez. And I was like, nah, bro, I can't. But, dude, looking back, because I think I had, like, one strike or something already. So for I was copyright. like, yeah, for yeah. copyright. But the thing is that the music, they didn't really trip. It was more of the footage. 
which doesn't make um, sense though because like what separated from the people who got copyright and the people that didn't was just like an extra like minimal more of a crop oh like less or more or like more like if you zoomed in a little bit more just to crop off the scoreboard or something say that you know crop of the scoreboard or even just add add the like the black bars you'd be fine you would be fine i was like bro like that literally doesn't make sense but yeah you live and you learn so i learned so many things i mean i learned how to basically get it growing on social media you know now that's what we're trying to do apply to hk just use hashtags we got to be more active for sure because that's one thing i was doing i was posting like two three times a day exactly I, I literally knew what times to post. I was like, I'm going to post right at 8 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. when everyone's on their phone. And then I would post one, like, during lunch and then one in the afternoon. Yeah. And, like, I was able to see all the analytics, too. Would you actually use the analytics? Because, like, now I'm trying to – I'm getting into um, – I'm doing – well, I wanted to study analytics and, like, mm-hmm. economics and stuff like that, but mostly on social media because I know, like, you learned a lot from social media mm-hmm. and real quick – like how did you actually use analytics like that or did you just like see like oh people like ronaldo videos people like this and then just kind of use it at a rudimentary level um well so the way i used it was that like most of my followers were from indonesia i think (laughs) so like i would like figure out like when to post and like i was like all right this is what time it is in that country Yeah. yeah and so i was like all right like i know this is when they'll be awake and this is when they're mostly on their phones, right? Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to post this video at this time. And then I also had a lot of, obviously, USA followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think UK and Brazil. So I would kind of just want to post at, like, prime times in those specific countries because, obviously, the time difference and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the way I would do it to try to hit hit the, the target market. And that and using hashtags. Hashtags really? worked a hashtags lot. Yeah. Like they work like that? Yeah, they work like that. Interesting. Uh and that and also like back then you know how you can see who liked who? Yeah. Like on the like they had that one section where you can oh, see yeah, this account like this. That was, was that was deadly, that bro. Was deadly. But it was deadly, but at the same time it would be beneficial because For like business? when when I would work with the bigger accounts with like a million or like a million plus, you know? So they would, they would like my video and comment on it, yeah. Cause that was before like the sharing on your story and stuff. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's how people would. That's how it would gain traction. You oh, know? cause you could see that page and you'd yeah. be like, oh my my, you know who I look up to is is fucking with AP. Yeah, exactly. You'd follow them. Yeah, cause that was before the share and stuff. Oh fire. So that's how I I was able to grow a little quicker. And then funny enough, bro, going back to when I was making edits on Vine, yeah. Like you know, it cities. City Z? Yeah. yeah. Dafu Dafu would also make edits on Vine. And I guess he was kind of big on Vine when I was just starting off. Because uh-huh. he had like 25K or something. And I think I hit like, I think I hit like a thousand or something. And I thought it was like big or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I did a face reveal. And <laughs> Dafu like DM me. He's like, no way. Like, you're AP? I'm like, yeah. Like, because I didn't know he made edits. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm Eddie. I'm like, no way, Eddie. You guys knew each other from yeah, school? Yeah, we knew. I knew each other from NGS, actually. Oh, so oh NGS. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but That's I didn't know he made edits, and I guess he didn't know I made edits. That's And we funny, just found bro. each other on, like, social media and stuff. Dude, that's and then you guys are ever since dude. that, like, he helped me out a lot on IG and shit like that. Because he had a bigger page on IG also. 
Yes. And he was com- connected with other people with bigger pages too. Dude, social media is such an interesting thing because yeah, like yeah. everybody has their own experience with social media and it's like you never really know what you're going to learn or where you're going to understand or where you're going to go with social media. It's more about what you make of it, right? Like if you enjoy soccer and this is like actually really beautiful thing because like if you enjoy soccer and you make edits, like I don't know where in my life, like where my intuition was at that point, but I never had that intuition. So it, it's cool to see that and it's cool to understand like your perspective and see like, oh shit, like even the face reveal and now seeing your boy Eddie, like, oh shit, he makes edits too. Like, that's fucking funny, bro. Um, and and stuff is changing now too. And that's why I really like enjoying it because I think there's more depth now. Before it was very simple. It's it's post a video and it's it's by word, of, almost like word of mouth. Like if someone comments or likes your stuff, it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be more popping and popping, like a thousand followers a day. Now it's more algorithm based. Like TikTok is very algorithm based. Reels is algorithm based. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very difficult to grow an Instagram um, account to like a million followers. Now I'm reading a book called How to Grow or How to I think Grow a Massive Following, like Grow to a Million Followers or something like that. And he breaks down like every single little detail. And it's it's all about shareability, the the content, like why you're posting it, and then also having like uh you know uh, like virality and being disruptive in this you know marketplace that we have with social media, which is cool um you know moving on from that i guess and you mentioned hk you know talk to me about your experience with hk how that started and then you know um what this experience has been like because i know this is probably like your second but more more like your first right entrepreneurial journey um i know ap7 edits hd was a thing Mm -hmm. um but that was more of like uh it seems like you you just kind of you had it not not, i wouldn't say on the side but you just kind of you did it and it happened, right? This is more like you planned it and you want to do it now and then you want it to happen, right? It's like a three-step instead of like a two-step quick bang, bang, you know? Um, you know, t- tell me about like that experience and how it started. But yeah, for sure. Because a- AP7 was just like an initially started for fun. Yeah. And then I was just like, like I didn't expect all that to happen, you know? I was just in, in my class, like not not having a teacher who can actually teach you steel pens and then yeah. it just blew up. But anyway, going back to HK, so now with HK, shout out Humble Community, original merch right here. Yeah, I see it. And yeah, basically, I guess it started with me and Chris Woods. And we were at the studio with him. I was at the studio with him. We were talking about starting to get... He, he, he's a very uh, creative person, I would say. So like he likes to express himself in various forms of artwork. So one of the methods that he wanted to do was like clothing. Yeah. So a clothing line. So we said... I told him I'd be down to help him, and so he originally we we're gonna be called Baypack, right. but then we were with Don Capri, shot Don Capri, and he told us that like it's better to, because being Baypack would be very limiting, like limiting to just the Bay Area itself, right? Yeah, and so like if we really want to go Bay, we wanted to be something that everyone could join and everyone could be be and feel welcomed you know Love that, yeah. so eventually we worked up uh the name humble community and i was with chris we were designing the logo and we took inspiration actually from the golden gate bridge and see this is the logo i don't know if you can tell if for those who are watching the video for those who are listening on spotify just search up at humble community yep, on all yep, socials yep. we'll be there but yeah we took inspiration from the golden gate bridge and Basically, what I did, I just took the H, and then I took 
the K because it's community with a K. And so I kind of flipped it and on its side and kind of just try to make it like the, the Golden Gate Bridge somewhat. Yeah. Not exactly mimicking it, but we took inspiration from it. Nice. And the reason we use community with a K be- was because like we wanted to optimize like our search, you know, search engine optimization. Right. So when people search up humble community, say f- with a C versus with a K, it would have been completely different because if someone searched up humble community with a C, like things that would have popped up were probably like nice neighborhoods or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And we don't want to be associated with all that because then the competition and the search engine is way more. So instead, we want to differentiate ourselves and put it with a K so that when you search up home community with a K, the only thing that pops up ideally would be us right. and all our socials. So that's that's what we did the K. And after that, yeah, we started meeting up with you. Yeah, I real quick, I'll just interject. Like and we talked about this, too, because we're, yeah. we're putting this in our website. But I remember you guys were just at the crib and you guys were working on, I think, like some music and like i think you guys already had like a shirt or a hoodie out and then i was working on nfts um and i was like i really want to make nfts i want to make digital art mm-hmm. um i've never been creative but i just you said fuck it you know let's do it and then you guys like we kind of came at uh came together at the perfect moment like oh let's 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 work together let's do something i was kind of like on my grind like got to do this podcast i need to i need to step up in certain ways in my business uh you know aspect of my life my professional life and then you guys were doing the same thing. I was like, that's perfect. Like, we're, we're doing two things that can be really good at the same exact time. And so I'm like, yes. Like, when when you said, like, like you know, let's, let's work together, be a part of the humble community. I was like, you know, for me, the humble community is a place where people that, you know, are going up against the odds and that want to make a difference in life and influence not just one person, but influence the world and influence everybody is that's what the humble community is you know that that's literally what it is it's it's a place where you know you show your talent and you try to grow and exceed the expectations and be at the highest level of excellence that you could possibly achieve um and so when you when you said you know like this is what i'm doing you know that that's how i saw it you know which was which was dope um i guess my question to you is you know what have you learned um throughout this journey basically what we wanted to build humble community based on was that like things we would have liked to know when we were like younger you know yeah, yeah so that we can help and actually take action and actually change the world you know for the better but um one thing i've learned is that it's definitely very hard to work with a group yeah, especially when these people are your friends that you've known for a long time because one thing is being friends but another thing is being business partners right so sometimes you got to be able to uh, I guess dictate a fine line between those two and really tell people like either they got to step it up or you got to chill sometimes and then really take action and and come at it from a from a different point of view so like a higher role right so if you got to tell someone like you got to be somewhat direct and at times like strict and be constantly on their ass like bro you got to get this done because at the end of the day, like we are all relying on each other. So if people are not contributing to how we would like it to be, you know, like as a friend, but as a business partner, you got to tell them like, bro, like you got to step it up and stuff. But yeah, 
I mean, having gone to Babson College, right, and we've read a lot about different different startups, different journeys of different people, and how how they've also started up business, right? And one thing that I know for sure is that there's always going to be obstacles. So yeah. the the only thing that I've learned from that is that you got to be able to overcome those obstacles, mitigate the risks, and be able yeah. to be able to uh, overcome those obstacles and really, really try to, um, I guess, really try to overcome the obstacles and literally get just continue to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like kind of like I said yesterday too, because we were we were at my, my crib and, and having a little bonfire uh, or a little like fire pit type thing and the wheelbarrow <laughs> we i was like telling you guys like you know if i was in a position where i was like not doing my job you know like just putting the company at jeopardy you know at risk and like you said um you know i would want people to hold i would want my group to hold me accountable like the moment i'm lacking i need to be checked like i need to be like yo like you're not doing your job like do your job and, and fix it because if if i can't even get that like through a friendship i'm definitely not going to get that through a business partnership and so it's like just kind of knowing that and, and understanding that but then also applying it and saying like you know what like yeah feelings are feelings but you know this is uh this is money we're talking about this is the company we're talking about this is the dream we're talking about this is other people it's not just about us anymore it's about the people that we're influencing if they see us you know not holding each other accountable you know how are they going to think like oh why am i part of a community that's not going to hold each other accountable because ultimately that's what we want to hold each other accountable but we're not giving that to other people. It's kind of like, you know, um, you know, like what God says, you know, do unto others as you would want done to yourself, um, you know, or treat others the way you want to be treated. And so um, that is a very important lesson. That's that's, I think, one of the most important things you could ever walk away with throughout a company is uh, or through a, a experience, really, you know, is like shit like. Cause I know I'll, I'll never tell anyone to do something that I wouldn't do myself. You know, uh, shout out to Nightcrawler. I just saw that movie, and that's the final line he says. And it's it's a crazy movie. I recommend to watch it. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, you're good. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. I wanted to ask you then. You know, cause you're concentrating in business administration, marketing, and what was the last one? Economic. No. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Exactly. And so. Um, you know, what, what are your plans, uh, not only with HK, but with your career in the future? And like, you know, what are you what are you hoping for, at least, you know, moving forward with uh, with your journey? Because now you're about to go into your senior year, mm-hmm. last year, college. Like, that's kind of a, a big stepping stone, I guess. Uh, I wouldn't say like in your culture, but just like, oh, I mean, I guess it is your culture, like American culture. But I know for me, like, that's a big deal, you know, with with my culture. Like, oh, you got to finish school and whatnot. I, I don't really care too much about school. I think, you know, education system is a, is a joke. And, you know, you guys heard it in the last episode. Um, you know, there's definitely benefits to it. And that's why I think, you know, Babson is a great school because you told me, you, you know, you learned, he showed me his marketing, um, his marketing outline for his final, right, or his midterm. And I was like, bro, they're teaching you about social media marketing. Like, that's literally, I want to be a social media manager and manage, like, people's social media because I think there's an extremely good benefit and a lot of influence there. But I didn't know you could learn that at Babson. I'm like, what? You can learn that at uh, private education? Like, that's crazy. So, you know, going off of that, you know, what do you what do you have planned and, and what do you want to accomplish with uh, with this education? Yeah, so like you said, I'm car- concentrating in marketing and entrepreneurship and then the overall uh, degrees for business administration. 
And I guess my goal is just I've always wanted to do something like related to soccer. So, as you can see, probably through the AP Sun edits, you know, I've been a very fan, a very big fan of soccer. So, I guess either I would want to do in the future some kind of, like, marketing agency for soccer players or footballers, whatever country you are in. Sheesh. And, yeah, either do that or, like you said, run, like, social media, like a manager of some sort. Yeah. And so, either through that or another thing is that I also really enjoy is music. And that's why I kind of mix the two with HK, you know, in a way, like with the working out and then also the music. Right. And yeah, just have my own agency where I have like my own people that I run their accounts, market them. And especially now with the NIL deals that are available to college students, mm -hmm. really just being able to grow their grow their uh, aware, like their awareness as a player, but also be able to market themselves as a brand you know yeah. because at the end of the day everything's a business you know that's the way you make money and so if if these kids who are all so so dedicated and driven like us you know they want to make it into the big leagues and if they if they could have someone who has already done and achieved like 400k on instagram whatever it is you know yeah. someone like like me for example who can help them and really be able to take their brand to another level that's what i would would want to do ideally and i would say i would like to start off locally you know here in here in marin county help people make it out whether it be from the canal from somewhere else in marin you know just be able to have and give people a platform so that they can follow their dreams I think I think uh, personal branding is incredibly important in this day and age. Like, if you're not working on your personal brand, and, and it's funny because I actually just saw a movie called Spree, which is uh, features what's his name again? You know his name, the guy from um, Stranger Things, the older brother. Oh no, you know his name, not the older brother, Steve. Steve. I don't know his actual name. But... <laughs> oh wait, that's what I meant. Like Steve, Steve, whatever. His name is Steve from Stranger Things. You guys probably know. And this dude is plays a character that's a spree driver. Spree is the Uber of that uh, world, universe. And he goes out there, does insane things like, you know, driving. And, and I just, I don't want to give it away, but you guys should definitely watch it. Don't watch the trailer because I guess it gives it away. But it's very, very accurate to what we see nowadays with like TikTok streamers, Twitch streamers, uh, kind of like Andrew, not Andrew Tate, but like Aiden Ross and all these like popular Twitch streamers that like kind of do almost anything for views and like, um, it's very evident that nowadays, like, people really like that clout. Like, they love clout. Like, that was a popular thing back in 2019, and now it's kind of calmed down. But it's, it's very evident that, like, people want attention. That's just what humans are. You know, humans just want attention, and they want validation, and they want that short-term gratification, temptation, whatever you want to call it. And they forget the bigger picture. And for me, you know, uh, seeing people do these things, it's, like, very, like, it's 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 interesting because some people just do it, they want the quick, the quick way, right? Like doing what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm speaking my soul and, and I'm, I want to, you know, shed a light on different topics and, and be as, you know, open to, you know, all debates and all perspectives and all, you know, ideas. And basically what I'm doing is I'm challenging those ideas. I'm trying to see who I am while also, you know, trying to understand other people and, you know, saying like, oh, I don't agree with that. Let's have a conversation about it and be open about it. But ultimately I'm documenting that and putting it out there so that people can kind of learn from it and understand that. 
Um, and that's how my personal brand is, is developing. And so if people don't, you know, find a way to do that logically, rationally, morally, ethically, whatever you want to call it, and they just do it just to do it, you know, no, no, I, I don't care. You know, that's fine. But it always comes back to them. You know, what it goes around comes around like that saying is. And um, I think building a personal brand and kind of showcasing that you are, you know, what what or what you represent, you know, is is who you are. That's incredibly important. Now, I'm not saying, you know, building a personal brand, if you're not on social media, do you really exist? That's not what I'm saying, because that was a question that was evident in that movie, Spree. Um, and I think that what you said, you know, like helping people like, you know, athletes who want to reach another level, they have a certain goal. I think that is actually really good because you can kind of see you have a metric to measure it. I think as an economist, I, you know, I'm not actually an economist, but I like to consider myself an economist, a scientist, that you, if you can measure this metric, like, you know, college athlete to a pro, there's a sort, certain sort of um, parameters and a premise around that. Like, how can I get from point A to point B? And and measuring that, it's it's pretty obvious that image is a, is a huge thing. You know, like Matt Sheldon, for example, not a good soccer player. You know, not a great soccer player, but he's you know playing pro soccer because he has a great image, great following, and has a lot of credibility. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with uh, why do you think like you know tons of jobs are now checking people's social medias. Um, because image is an incredibly important thing. It's just something that's been ingrained now with within our society. And you either got to hop on the train or, or, you know, you got to, you know, wait till the next stop, which is like, you know, 40 years down the line when crypto is a new thing. And honestly, I think that isn't that's the now, you know, I'm, I'm shifting from social media into crypto right now. I'm pivoting as we speak because I'm like, uh, nah, social media like that wave is, is cooling down. That's why, you know, like I said, um, it's 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 changing. You know, I think crypto is going to be the the little future or not the future the present um but that's me going on a little rant my bad no Um, i agree actually because i feel like that's another thing that would like separate me from like the rest mm -hmm. of these like marketing agencies right because like we grew up with all this stuff like accessible to us the social media and like i said we had i had the ap7 so i was able to learn through these experiences right and it's completely different now especially with the upcoming uh, crypto like you were saying and all the blockchain all these other things that are constantly constantly being innovated and these are just like new opportunities to market yourself like i saw i think chiesa vinicius like they got their own like they got their own like crypto going on right they have their like whatever it is i don't know it's on it's on probably uh i think it's on um open i'm pretty sure probably yeah it's probably on open it might be on crypto.com exactly um and then also socios which i've a company oh, i've mentioned yeah. before they work with the champions league and uefa um and actually that begs the question because i actually want to get into that in case films actually mentioned this earlier too um the reason those work, which is so stupid, but it's because they have a big following, like we said earlier. Sure. That's the only reason they work. They're not good products. Not mind you, I haven't gone into Vinicius's uh, Instagram and, and checked out his OpenSea account and, and checked out what he's selling. But I could probably tell, you know, like these fail. Like De'Aaron Fox, he had an NFT uh, marketplace kind of thing that was going on, and it offered like scholarships to children. It offered, um, I think, like money and like free shirt and merch. Mm. But it's, like, very, very hit or miss. Like, you know, that's all you kind of get with that. There's no more depth to it. You just get free stuff, which is cool. Everybody wants free stuff. But, you know, people want a community. Like, Logan Paul, what he's doing with his uh, 1,000 or 100 originals or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or is it 999? Something like that. Like 100, or 100 originals. 
there's depth to that. It's it's stupid though because that's the only NFT that's actually making profit during this fucking crash, which is that's crazy. It's crazy. Or not the only one, but it's one yeah, of the only ones that's like I think it's the highest profitable one. Like um, even board apes like right now. Like, no exactly. one's really buying. And, and like so I guess my point is, and sorry to cut you off, but my point is like Marco who who told us like a Chris Brown shirt is selling for fifty dollars. Was it fifty dollars? $55, right, which is made by uh, Chris Brown, partnered, or he used Gildan t-shirts, white t-shirts, right, mm-hmm. which are, like, for you guys that don't know, $5 t-shirts, prints his logo on it or his face on it, and then sells them for upwards of $50 markup, <laughs> right, more than more than triple, but, yeah, like, quadruple the price, so, you know, how do you view that, you know, like, quality versus quantity, I know you, you kind of spoke about it earlier, but. How, how do you see that and how how would how will you plan to basically um fulfill that goal of you know that marketing agency yeah well for me i've always been a quality over quantity guy so i feel like especially because i'm into like videography and all that stuff so like my vision for me and and the marketing agency is to like really do a lot more with like videos than like fuck you just got got that flight coming up boys Sorry. Anyway, what I was saying is that I kind of just what I have my vision is to be like use videography and like videos to to be more transparent and so that you can really because I feel like one reason people really admire like footballers and soccer players or whatever is because they follow their dreams, right? Yeah. And and they literally went through all the development and the academy all the way to the pro level. So that's one one way, one reason people really admire these people. And so what I want to do is I want to make it more transparent. Mm. And so I want people to really understand, like, who these people are. Because the more people can relate with someone, like, the more they'll be, like, obsessed and, like, right, right. and start loving them and have a following. So, like, for me right now, as an example, I just finished watching the Arsenal All or Nothing. Cool. Come on, you gunners. And, uh, walk yeah. Walk alone. Yeah, I just it, it, I feel I felt more attached right. because it was like a you were a part of that. Now. I feel like I was a part of it exactly. It gave me like an insider perspective, all the behind the scenes, all the all the things that happen after they win, after they lose, all these emotions that that just get you going and they really get you hooked. And so I guess what I want to do through my marketing agency or whatever agency it may be I just want to be able to give these players a, a platform to truly be transparent instead of just going for the like quick quick buck with the whatever sponsorship deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so that that way they can really tell their story, you know, because behind every player there's always going to be a story. Yeah. And that's kind of why I really like listening to the podcast, especially Powerhouse podcast Thank you. because Thank you. I feel like Obviously, peop- there's a bunch of people who are successful or, like, they're doing different things at different points of their lives. But behind and, like, there's there's always a story that goes along with how they came out and how they managed to be who they are today, you know? Right. It's almost like that uh, TED Talk you sent me. You sent us a TED Talk the other day in the in the HK chat. And it was more – it was about, like, you know, how – why Apple is so successful is because – it's funny because actually the main premise of soccer players is the why. Like, you want to follow your dreams. That's the why. Like, that's the best why. Like, everybody should follow their dream. That's a given, yeah. you know. The how is is the training. I think you're kind of 
bridging that gap. The what is the product. The what is what are you doing now? What team do you play for? What is your you know uh, resume like? Like how many goals do you have? Right. But the the how is like how did you get to that point? And I think is that what you want to document? And not necessarily like documentary style, but through the new wave, which is social media, right? Um, and having that like social media marketing because I see all these cool videos of like for those of you guys that don't know French uh, French company La Mabe. Uh, Benzema's right hand uh, film crew they film the nicest cinematography videography short form content it's all quick it's all good but the production level is through the roof it's amazing content Um, but it's all social media and I'm like dude like this is really really good content Um, and that's when I I really hit me you know like I want to do this as well Um, you know what what do you think your your um, the challenges are going to be learning you know videography and you know, shooting video, because I know for one, that's an expensive ass hobby. If you have a camera, if you guys have cameras, you know, it's an expensive ass hobby. Lenses, mics, cages, rigs, gimbals, you, you know, case films we talk about all the time. What, what do you think the challenge is? You know, besides money, obviously, because it's yeah. an expensive hobby. But, you know, doing that. I think one of the challenges for sure is just going to be able to differentiate yourself from the competition yeah. and really be able to stand out so that people want to sign with you. Right. Yeah. Because, like you said, people are looking at other people's socials, right? So you got to have a good resume. You got to be able to give people something to look at so that they know you're legit and so that they know that you're really about it. And so I guess, obviously I have the AP7, but that was something a bit different. So now that's what I'm trying to do with HK, right? We got to make it so that we can rise to to the top. And I feel like especially right now, like, I always like to learn, right? So one of the things I'm trying to do right now is I'm taking, like, digital analytics. Nice. I'm taking strategic marketing. This, these are the two classes that you asked me about yesterday. Right. And so what I'm going to do is that I'm going to make sure that, obviously, I take in as much knowledge as I can, but also, like, I know we're going to have a bunch of side projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. So as we, as we have all these side projects, I'm going to use HK as the, like, my project, right? Right. And continue to to grow that so that when it comes to actually being able to encourage people and and persuade them to join my agency, they can have something to see that like that I've already yeah exactly a portfolio. I, I would actually I would actually recommend bro to to work on the personal before you do that because yeah. I think HK like we were talking about earlier the difficult thing about it is and this is the thing I've had to learn that's why I'm you know I'm back on the podcast grinding this out is because as the collective, you know, it's very hard to show differentiation within yourself, mm-hmm. within a company of nine people, and then getting that differentiation across to one consumer. So, like, you know, if you show that you're different, you know, from all, the, all these other, you know, videographers, mm-hmm. and then you, you're you able to put that all on your page, you have your style, you have one thing, your cohesive page, uh, you know, uh, uh, more or less like a theme. And then they see that they're like, oh, this is good. This is good. You know, this is what the, this is what they're getting. But with HK, in my opinion, I think it's very hard to create that cohesive theme. I think HK is its own almost like monster to deal with. Like they have we have, you know, like a ton of different things that we do offer, but it's very hard to narrow it down. That's why, like, we've had multiple talks where it's like, are we a clothing company? You know, are we, a, you know, media company? Are we all these other things? And it's like, no, 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 we're a private label brand. But you know, from within, it's very hard for us to identify and create one identity. Mm-hmm. And I think if you put, depending on, you know, how, how you see it, because I think 
with your personal brand you or not personal brand but with the with the soccer you want to be very specific with soccer you don't want to do like soccer one day and then oh this is the dilemma because i think you can actually yeah. but i think that's not what hk is because yeah. i think that other people in hk would actually disagree with you exactly. i would say i would say do it i would say put put a portfolio on hk in its own thing but you yeah. know like chris well, woods for example thinking, yeah chris woods for example might not agree with that and so that's where it, it gets it gets sticky yeah you know? it does for sure get sticky but i know we talked about like everyone's kind of going to do their own thing yeah but then at the same time, try to contribute that to HK. So exactly. I guess that's kind of one that I want to start doing, especially now it's going to be my senior year. You know, like I really got to step it up. Yeah. So I feel like and, and especially because we're going to have people all over the place, we we're not going to be able to post content collectively. So that's when I'm gonna start posting my individual content, and I so like day in life and I stuff help like out that. With that. I wanna, I wanna help out. I wanna manage. I wanna help you manage the social media because yeah. now, if you guys don't know, I manage like four accounts now. Yeah. I'm like, sheesh! I'm building up that little management. Shit. Yeah, and I'm just gonna play around with it. You know, I'm gonna see what works, what doesn't. Because honestly, that's what I would do with AP72. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously, it didn't all work. So like, for example, I I managed to know what angles people liked. Like people really oh, like the close up ones. Exactly. Versus like the far ones, like yeah, yeah. it's it's the it's a the nitty gritty details honestly, nice. and so yeah, I'm just gonna play around with that, especially um, back at when I'm at ba- Babson, and I have Danny with me to help me, so that'll be helpful. Shout out Captain Mags. Yeah, Captain Mag. But yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be a grind, but I'm up for the challenge, and like I said before, I I've I've been grinding my whole life, so just another just another step to overcome exactly i think as you it's it's funny because it seems like it's never gonna get easier and it, it retrospect it will get easier objectively or actually i want to say no nah, it's not true uh the it's curve. gonna it the huh? the curve the curve uh, i was gonna say like it's just everything it just gets harder and harder like mm-hmm. there's more the challenges become much more complex and things get more difficult um but your level of you know uh tenacity your level of perp- perspicacity shout out andrew tate uh you know your your iq your instinct everything just evolves and you become a you know a, a higher level of human and so as that happens it almost you know you outgrow your problems and you you can handle things like oh you do that you do that you do that i'm gonna do this and then boom it becomes easier kind of but the level of problems are just much more difficult than what we're doing now but i think that's the beauty as you start to learn and grow you know you're going to be able to handle these things and I'm, I'm excited for what's to come like i really am uh you know i think you and me have always like had these conversations like it's funny because right before you leave every time to boston like you and me have these conversations like i remember the last time you left we were in the car on the way to sacramento and you and me had the conversation about you know what are you studying what do you want to study with this and we were just talking about yeah. branding and uh, we we're talking about branding and then you know stuff we want to do with our futures and then now you know we're we're continuing that conversation and actually already have a company out you know that we're working on together shirts are coming in soon and and you know next time I, I'm, I'm just waiting till next time to see what what that one brings yeah for sure um, continue to market the shirts for sure try to get some sales out there in the east coast because one thing i've learned is that you want to represent as much people as possible and you want to be able to grab in as many people as possible so that um you can expand like word of mouth right so if we can start selling shirts in the East Coast, that'd be very ideal. Yeah. Start getting our own following out there, have our following here locally specifically, because yeah. I feel like 
especially nowadays, like people like to support local a little bit more than like right. large change, yeah. uh, large chains. So, yeah, I think I think I think we can have some success out there for sure. We already have I already have people like tapping in it. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, now now it's just a waiting game, honestly. Yeah, we'll we'll have them out soon for you guys watching. Hit the link down below. Hopefully, they will be there. If you're watching this later on, the, that link will definitely be there. So just just wait on it. Um, yeah, before before I get to my or I want to get to my last question or before we wrap this up though, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is a good one because. I can't wait to see what happens, but you know, where do you see yourself, you know, in the next 10 years? Because I know it's a, it's a long time, but also I know you have to be prepared and you, if you can see it, you know, you, if you believe it, you know, you will see it soon. So, you know, where, where do you see yourself in the next 10? Next 10. Um, by then I feel like HK would be a little bit more established, a little bit more official. And, uh, I feel like we would have by then have centralized on a, on a one idea together nice. because like you said it's kind of it's kind of hard to all work together if we don't dis- if we don't agree on one common goal and one common idea yeah. so that that's that's the most difficult part for sure but i feel like um in 10 years that would have been centralized already we would have have established like our foundation we would have our website we would have our llc we would be able to take out loans and invest it back into hk because ideally that's what you want to do and so i feel like we would be established we would have a few clients honestly where it'd be on the digital side the marketing side whatever it is um and then me personally i feel like i would have my own like marketing also have my few my my own clients also and yeah man just living life really really continue to work hard because i feel like that's that's one thing that like never is going to leave my mind you know the work ethic is always got to be there because the one time like you're resting right say you take a day off the other person who didn't take a day off is now one day ahead of you yeah and then it will just continue every time you stop someone else is going to be pushing the gas so you just got to continue to continue to keep working and i'm excited for what the future has to hold um i feel like i'd be i'd be not not like like set but definitely like financially stable Mm -hmm. because that's the goal and at the end of the day you know everyone wants to be financially stable not having to rely on like shit am i gonna have enough money for rent shit like that so definitely financially stable uh HK established and just doing just doing uh what I left what I love to do honestly yeah yeah that's good man I I, I noticed you and Danny always sell yourself shorts man you guys are sell yourself short you guys are always humble with it but that's what yeah, it is that's what we are exactly um that's great I think I'm excited I'm definitely excited to see what like this next year holds because I know like we said exponential growth like every year just gets a little bit better you know every day you just get that much more better that much better yeah um and so, you know, got a lot of stuff to do. I know every time you, you all dip, like, I just always, my mind blanks. I'm like, damn, where do these fools go? Like, you know, and then, you know, you guys come back and it's like, okay, let's, let's get back to work. And this time, you know, it's, it's, we're more connected than ever with, you know, this company, more connected, you know, um, in terms of where we see ourselves in the future. And then also we're more driven than ever, you know? And so, um, you know, uh, it's. It's a hell of a hell of a journey, bro. But that's that's the love of it. I think you got you guys got to love the journey. If you guys should take anything 
from this is, you know, seeing how growth and, and, you know, going from, you know, basically half a million followers on, on IG and letting that go because, you know, you said, I want to focus on other things and now, you know, pursuing, you know, school and then also a company at the same time and, and having these goals and having, you know, a set, you know, metric as well. Like, you know, I want to have HK established. I want to have my marketing agency, but I also want to, you know, be happy and live a good life and be successful. Yeah. Like having that balance is, is what you guys should have taken away from this. And at least that's what I took. I took away. I took a lot away from this. Um, you know, any last words for the, for the people watching, you know, I don't know who may be watching, but I think, you know, your words are valuable and your time is, is even more precious than that. So, yeah, no, for sure. I think you summed it up pretty well. Uh, I think balance for sure is one of the most important things in life because people can get, I feel like, carried away doing something a little too much, you know, and then maybe it's not taking them in the right way. Maybe it's wasting their time. Maybe, I don't know. I I just like to keep it real with myself. You know, I'm like, am I really going to need to do this? Like, is, is this the best way to use my time and stuff? And yeah, just find a balance between having fun working hard and enjoying life bro sounds good well i appreciate you once again i know you got a long flight out, out after this so you're yeah. about to head out but for those of you guys watching i appreciate all you guys for watching this was a hell of an episode hope you guys learned a lot tapping with ap all his links are going to be down below humble community will be down below case films will be down below as well hit him up as well for uh, any of your videography needs you see the production value in this so you already know what the fuck's going on quality uh, quality so wait yeah. you call me case yeah. <laughs> Shut your eyes up. Uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Um, and yeah, deuce. Peace.